Hey guys, this is Saboteurs, and uh, this week we'll be talking about what may happen in the future. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Does anybody get the feeling that we're just living the prequel to something horrible? Yes. Yes. <laughs> In unison, yes. It's yes. like every day, something gets worse somehow. Like the universe finds a new way to disappoint you every day. Uh-huh. That's yep. how bad 2020 was. It started with the fires in the Amazon. Then... Holy crap, I forgot about that. Yeah, oh, yeah that and... was just this year. I didn't... Yeah, right, and right, the right. explosion where like some parts of Metro Manila were like the first covered wave in ash. of canceled flights. Oh right. yeah, yeah, that yeah, was the yeah. first wave of canceled flights. Exactly, and ta-da, coronavirus. Here we are, and um, how many right. months? We are past a hundred days of quarantine already. We currently have the strictest quarantine in the world, but our numbers are still going up. So. <laughs> What are we're we at die. now? We're at a hundred days. A hundred days. More than a hundred days. Yeah. More than Forgive us for sounding a little bit crazy, but yeah, <laughs> it's true though. I mean, it's enough to drive anyone crazy at this point. I'm surprised, like, no purge has happened at this point. Uh, don't give the universe ideas, please. Don't oh, give no. the universe ideas. So anyway, because of uh, this topic that we are. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the discussion that we're having, we've decided to talk about our favorite post. Nobody followed up. Our favorite post apocalyptic movies. There, I there said we it. go. Woo. The, the world outside is as messy as our intro. <laughs> Or messy. Good save. Good save. It's a a good reflection of whatever's going on. We are going crazy. And um, yeah, we're probably just going to die. Okay. Uh, So if we had to, okay, assuming that all of this is leading to some kind of an apocalypse, which we hope is not, which we hope it's not, but if it were, which post-apocalypse do you want to end up in? <laughs> oh, I actually have... <laughs> Meron! Meron! I was actually thinking that Wall-E is a post-apocalyptic Ooh, film. Okay. So that's a that's good the, one. That's the, well, it's not the worst that could happen. We're just all going to migrate to space and we're all just going to be fat and be fed by machines. That's no, not so bad. That. I can live with it. It's not so bad. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. The only thing I did like about it is I think they serve pizza in a cup <laughs> in that world. <laughs> I don't remember that, but why Para, would you do such a thing? Because they, they had the technology to liquefy food. So they right. liquefied All their food, pizza they were drinking it cup. like out of out of big gulp right, cups or something. Right. Yeah, that's right. the only oh, thing that so I would sad. disagree. I that's like so pizza. Sad, but <laughs> I love pizza. At least we're not dying. We're just really fat and lazy. Right. That's and we true. all have hover chairs. Yeah, but I think the essence. Cool. I think that that movie is so good because, in in that yeah. reality, that that reality in essence, I think what the movie was trying to to portray or the message they were trying to send out was Siguro how important human connection connections were, which was, uh, which yes. was ironic because the ones who encouraged human connection was were, were robots. 
basically yeah. enough yeah. mind creations. <clears throat> One of my and favorite it's amazing, movies. yeah, and it's amazing how Pixar was able to really humanize these two robots. They're actually really more human than the actual humans in the movie. <clears throat> yep. They are, and I think yeah. a lot of that can be attributed to the sound design because I don't remember if he was completely in charge of it. Eva, why? Impressions. Yes. But um, no, I, I was gonna say that the sound designer for Wally, who helped Wally talk, was Ben Burt, the same sound designer of Star Wars, whom helped R two D two talk. Oh, oh, that's pretty cool. That's, if, if you so watch, could, wait, hmm, yeah, could you ahead. say that Wally and R two and C three are cousins? <laughs> Does that make? Oh, I see where you went. <laughs> I just squeeze that in. I'm sorry. All about cousins. 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 <laughs> Cousins? Yeah, Cousins? you could say Cousins? there's some kind of ohana. Mm. Ohana? Mm. Ohana means family. Sorry, okay. Let's go. Let's okay, sorry. Going back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, even the sound, going back to the sound design, it actually made the, an epis, a cockroach, sound cute. And yeah, it because like, cute. I mean, the f- everybody, you know, we all hate cockroaches. But in the movie, they were actually pretty cute because of the sound design and also the design itself. But they're still cockroaches. But they made they like, like the first forty minutes. The first forty minutes of that movie are essentially a silent film. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was pretty much. There, there was so I mean, much like, emotion. Yung magugulat ka na lang, tapos biglang may dialogue na nung may tao na. Exactly. <laughs> it's like oh, oh it's like oh, oh right. people in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't wasn't Eve. Also designed by the guy who designed the MacBook, the iBook. Was it the iBook at that time? I don't know. Seriously, I she think does so. look uh, like an uh, Apple product. Mm-mm. Yeah, even yeah. the the, the, the LED lights. Sleek shoes. Yeah, right, right. she does look like an Apple. Uh, product. I'm gonna Google that right now. Yay! Okay. Oh, your internet works today, does it? It's been working. <laughs> it's been working <laughs> for the past two weeks. You were the one who kept logging off. That is true. <laughs> nah. That is true. Nah. Apple's designer actually helped design Wally's Eve robot. So oh, that's cool. <clears throat> cool, 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 cool. So Andrew Stanton, that's the direction. The more I started describing it, the more I realized I was pretty much describing the Apple Playbook design. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I cannot that remember what an Apple Android? Playbook looks like. Okay, so Apple's lead designer Jonathan Ive. <laughs> Eve, I-V-E. How do, you, how do you say that? I don't know. Eve, I guess. Is that why she's called Eve? Probably. No. Probably. <laughs> Who is credited as designer of the Mac iPod and iPhone was referred to Pixar right. for a day via request of Steve Jobs. And he just oh. actually... <clears throat> that's right. Because Steve Jobs owned Pixar for a while. No, he owned oh. it. Yeah, he they, still owned it. They, owned, they, still, they still own it. Yeah, they still do. No, they sold it to Disney. Okay. Oh, or Disney... Oh, something like that. One of those things. Yeah. Yeah, the internet exists, people. Use it. Y'all can Google yourself. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to okay. Google myself. That would be narcissistic. Very nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway. That's that's an interesting one. But with me, it's like hard. Post-apocalyptic. It's hard to think. It's hard to think where you would want to be in. So that, that was very that's interesting. That's the impression... Of post-apocalyptic is like when everything turns into shit and people have to like fight for scraps or their lives or whatever. That's usually yeah. what people show. But oh, I don't know. Well, right. it was a very optimistic. <clears throat> Not really optimistic. I mean, it's still bad. The the earth was turned into the this huge garbage dump. Overly polluted. And, 
Yeah, and the people barely knew what plants looked like anymore. That's why the the little plant, the seedling that Eva was carrying was, was such a important part of the movie. Yeah. Was that, yep. oh my gosh, plant uh, life, <clears throat> you know. The main scene. And then even, you know, like the disconnect of people with each other. So they, yeah. never, they, they never spoke with each other in person. Dude, is, that's happening now. Which is, you know, sadly happening now. <laughs> you two haven't you even know, Oh my God. <laughs> I know. That's that's so messed up. <laughs> Again, I, we have I've not never... disproved yet that Anjo is a hand puppet. <laughs> I could be in Misha's other wall. <laughs> with his hand Misha's hand could be up your... Don't finish somewhere. that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so Misha wanted to play this game. So let's see who gets who gets awkward first. <laughs> so post-apocalyptic, uh, huh? <laughs> uh, there is no shortage it. of movies for post, you know. Oh, not at all. I, are, but I, I think, I think what No, I think what I think what <laughs> No, I think what MJ said makes some kind of sense. That the thing about post-apocalyptic movies is that they, in forcing humanity to survive or to learn how to start from scratch or whatever it is, right? It mm-hmm. forces them to figure out what's what's most important to them, you know. And in this yes. case, human connection or even just doing things for themselves absolutely was the heart of that movie. That, that's why I, I love Wally. Honestly, you can watch it all the way to the Me credits; too. it's still good. Mm-hmm. What the hell was nah. that? That was oh, I thought it was ET for a second. Wait, but you know what? What um, actually would look looks kind of like a fun post-apocalyptic future that a lot of films took their cue from moving forward was uh, Mad Max. Seriously, because like Ooh. that whole thing where everybody's got you know remnants of society in the form of maybe their cars or some of their attire or you know the way they live their societies it's all Mad Max. Mm. That's and he got some Best cool cars. cars. <laughs> exactly, yeah. cars. Kind of, I don't know. It's kind of cool, but also kind of scary, like how some of them turned into savages. I guess. But I mean, like, savages, oh, it was so lawless. <laughs> I I love Mad Max, but um, you remember Fury Road? That was awesome. Of course, that that's was great. the only one I've seen. <laughs> Sorry, it's all. Good. I've seen the first one when I was a kid. I also saw the Tina Turner movie, the that's one with the Tina Turner one. in it, right? Thun- Beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I, but- I have to watch those movies again. <laughs> The second one is excellent. The first one is like, yeah, because like the first one didn't really commit to the idea of a post-apocalypse yet. So mm-hmm. like he actually starts the series as a cop. Like they still had cops. So huh? I, I really I don't understand where the first one fits. No, no, it's just like in every movie, his car gets trashed too. So there's like very loose continuity. He didn't even mm-hmm. have a car in Fury Road. He did for well, like the those first were two like minutes. Monster, monster oh, yeah, truck looking things. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I, I've only seen the Fury Road one. But right. was it worth? Were they also essentially set in like deserts, or were it's they a, different? It's supposed to be, I think, Australia, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well, like, that's really apocalyptic Australia. <clears throat> it's like the director is Australian, um, right? And so like Mel Gibson's Australian, right? Quote unquote. Right. He's like so, an Amer. He's like us. 
wait, he's an American who grew up in Australia, but he came back. That makes sense, right? Yeah. I but so. uh, the whole Mad Max thing, the director, the director of Happy Feet, ladies and gentlemen, and Babe. <laughs> Babe the guy. Oh, wow. Babe. <laughs> Babe. Babe. Babe one and two. Babe. Um, Babe. And almost Justice League. No, but he based the first Mad Max on his experiences as uh, a field medic or an ambulance medic. So he would see these horrible, horrible traffic accidents and the victims and all that. And somehow it inspired him to make movies where people get into horrible vehicular accidents, mostly on purpose. Wow. (laughs) That's an interesting topic. I mean, like, (laughs) oh, let me make, let let me write a movie. So, (laughs) about car crashes. What's his message? Don't drink and drive. I don't actually know. <laughs> What's his message? I, I want though, to like... say that there's some kind of moral in these movies in 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 Mad Max, but as far as I can tell, the only one would be similar to Wally. I guess that there's always hope, yeah. even when it looks hopeless. <laughs> but another funny thing about post-apocalyptic movies, or even like shows like The Walking Dead or whatever, I don't know if you guys know this, but gasoline. Expires. Huh? <laughs> Gasoline expires after like a few months. So, what are those cars running on? What? Uh, I, I never noticed I think, this. I think it was established in Fury Road that they were still running on gasoline. I think. In every one of these post apocalyptic scenarios, the cars are always running. They look like crap, but the cars are always running. But again, know. gasoline expires. So, who the hell is making this stuff in a post apocalyptic wasteland? I, don't, I, I honestly don't know. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Maybe the zombies it's are fi- making it. I, it, I don't know. It, it's Maybe fiction. it's zombie blood. <laughs> zombie <Speaking> blood. <laughs> so, so we're counting zombies for post-apocalyptic movies. I think oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's okay. true. Would yeah. you want to... If zombies popped up tomorrow, number one, none of us would be surprised at this point. But number two, I <laughs> nope. think you would count it as an apocalypse. Okay, yeah, yeah. it is. It would be. Zombie apocalypse, it, they call it that. So, yeah. What if, I, I don't know. Would you be so ready, just, though? I'm not. Definitely not. I mean, judging judging from all of the zombie films we've watched or all the zombie games we've played, uh, would you be ready? I'm totally not ready. We don't have any firearms here at home. Same. You don't I want only have firearms. Frick- you want blades. I only weapons. have a freaking Nerf gun. That's I want sad. a bow and arrow. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can imagine Angel trying to nerf a zombie. Uh-uh, not happening. Uh-uh. <laughs> I wouldn't... I wouldn't even have the cardiovascular strength to run. You know what I mean? We've been stuck at home for so long and yeah, a lot of us haven't been working on our cardio, so we're fucked. <laughs> and it's one of the we're first things in Zombieland, cardio. That yep. is true. <laughs> oh and God. You know see, what? Speaking of- see, we are wallying. We're all stuck at home. We're not getting exercise. That's yeah. true. We're all obsessed Spe- with our little video devices. Mm-hmm. Speaking Andrew's of been drinking zombies. liquid pizza. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gross. That's disgusting. I can't. It's By the so way, sad. I make I make I make good pizza. I've been making pizza since the lockdown, and it's been good. I've never been bring good me reviews. pizza. I, I, make, I would I'll like make, some I'll make pizza. You, I'll make you Aww. pizza anyway. Aww. So since we've moved on to zombie movies, <laughs> probably my favorite post-apocalyptic slash zombie movie would be Danny Boyle's Twenty Eight Days Later. Oh damn! Ooh, which was good choice. Which was really good. I, I don't know. There's just something about how Cillian Murphy portrayed his character and how Danny Boyle built the world. 
Um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, seeing all those that empty was, London streets. Yep. I should and see he, it again. It was so yeah. ironic that they were going to... They, they were supposed to be protected by, by these soldiers, you know, who... Who were supposed who were supposed to be there to protect the civilians, but they ended up being the the real monsters in that movie. Haha, which is pretty amazing because they wanted to rape. Yeah, they, I don't know. This is oddly familiar, right? <laughs> so there's just something so human about all the characters that were written in that story. Mm-hmm, um, absolutely, the name of that guy who portrayed Professor Moody. Like the father of the the kid. Oh uh, shoot, after. Gleason, like, something Gleason, wasn't it? Yeah, um, his character is actually one of my favorites in that movie. Isn't he like the dad of? Wait, hold on. Here we go. Google time. Donald Donald Gleason. Uh, no, right. Is but isn't that his kid who was Bill That's his Weasley? Kid. His his That's kid was his kid Bill who, Weasley. Yeah. Oh yeah, wait, he is Bill Weasley. What am I talking about? Yeah, that was his kid. Yes, and he was also mm-hmm. that idiot in that last Star Wars trilogy. Ooh, interestingly enough, about something more on the technical side of this. Uh, when Danny Boyle shot 28 Days Later, it was actually the first movie or the first movie that was released that was completely shot in digital. Are you serious? Oh, really? Really? Uh-huh. Like he shot that entire movie using digital cams. Because at that point, digital cams were frowned upon by directors and studios because uh, I think uh, they were still using primarily film for, for, that, for the industry at that time. But it was such a big thing for them because they didn't even use pro-level cameras to shoot that movie. That's why it looks so different. Mm. Or something so different. All the blacks were crushed if you look at it. Right. Uh, the because tones were like, all there. That was the early 2000s and a lot of yep. the pro-grade digital cameras. Um, I noticed were, the image was kind exist. of flat. The, cover, yep. the color was flat for the, mm-hmm. all those days. So if you notice all the shots, like no matter how good your your DOP or your cinematographer would be, he'd have to work around the limitations of uh, back then digital cameras. So there, huh. very nice. It was good. It added it yeah. added to like it added to some of the you know how dark the movie was. You know like that that world. What would happen to humanity should it try to survive on its own? Or what if what would happen if somebody tries to infect rage on a person and that rage spreads? Because essentially, what those zombies were created through rage because. You know, of those environmentalists, those activists, those human rights what? activists. What did you think of the second one? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't know. <laughs> uh, that says a lot already. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Go I ahead. mean, it was it was it was fun. If, you know, if you're if you if you if you like violent and you know if you like violent movies and a lot of action in movies, but the story wise wasn't so. It wasn't. It wasn't up to par as the first one. Yeah. Um, they, 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 they rarely are. <laughs> they rarely are, except for Empire Strikes Back. But then that's a different story. <laughs> and The Godfather too. Yeah. That's another episode. So yeah, uh, there. But eight days later is probably my favorite post-apocalyptic movie. Damn. Maybe well, I don't know. There's just so much. It. There's so much. There's so much good post-apocalyptic movies that in it. There's no shortage of it because nobody I, thought it would I, actually. I happen. have a stupid question. What would you do if the purge started tomorrow? Fuck. Fuck. You would do that? <laughs> That's your priority? <laughs> this is what you would do first huh. in a purge. I, I would I would hide. I would hide in, the, in my house. Yeah. Bolt <laughs> not... your doors and everything. Stay away from windows. Jesus. 
that movie is so fucked mm. up. That's not even post-apocalyptic. That's just you know a totalitarian type movie. I don't know post-totalitarian type movie. Is it should should you call it that? I don't know. No, I don't this know. Is weird. Uh, but I Green. feel like it's still post-apocalyptic uh, because that's what humanity has been reduced to. Like we don't have, we can't afford to all live peacefully anymore, and that's just probably political unrest, which is also could be an apocalypse in itself, like uh, you know World War Three or whatever. Well, that's it's just kind dreary. of like in the same league. Yeah, man, guys, hmm. the future is bleak. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. It kind of is. <laughs> Not if, this not episode if, is depressing. Not if you like Wally, though. Oh, so because Wally's cute. Wally's yeah, cute. I mean, that's the best case scenario in our um, situation. <laughs> you know what? What other post-apocalyptic movie that I actually... But it was a please really bad movie. Please say Six String Samurai. Please say Six String Samurai. No, I was gonna say Aww. Waterworld. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Waterworld was fun for me. I That's watched just as a Mad kid. Max on the water. <laughs> exactly. What the hell, man? <laughs> Dude, the guy had gills. I like, I love I love to swim. Like I love the beach. I love the water. I love swimming. I at some point I wish I could just dive in the water and oh, just you do stay like there drinking forever. your own pee. Like, Ew. The fuck? <laughs> Where did that come from? Water World. I'm not Bear Grylls. Your, your favorite movie. Oh, yeah. I'm a, That's how he was surviving, to be right? Fair. He was drinking his own pee. Yes. He didn't think about filtering salt water instead, though. I, I know. He decided to filter pee. Maybe there was more proteins in the pee. I don't know. I don't know. There's more, um, oh, there's more ammonia there. in pee. <laughs> No, but I don't know. That movie that was fun. Never mind. I don't want to spoil it. Go say it. What what show first? What show? No, you can't. I know what you're going to say. You can't say that. No, I won't. I can't say that. I won't say it. It's a a really big spoiler. Never mind. Yeah, Uh, you can't say that. Just Okay, anyway, just just message us privately. Well, Misha knows what I'm talking about, so. You know what? I think even if it wasn't on, on any particular show that we're not naming, drinking pee is still generally gross. Unless that's your thing, in which case there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Oh tell my that god! Be- oh. Tell that to Bear Grylls. Tell, tell that to Betty White and Community. <laughs> <laughs> Betty White and Community. Betty White is the best, man. I know. Asking her students to drink her urine. Anyway. <laughs> well, you that's you know what? I was taking. I was taking a drink while you were saying that. <laughs> I don't want to know what you were drinking. How does it taste? How does it taste? It's blueberry, so it's, it's it tastes like blueberry. Mm, ammonia. This conversation is golden. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Um, one of the Wee-wee. most popular post. <laughs> Christ Almighty! One of the most popular oh, apocalyptic movies of all time is The Planet of the Apes. And Ooh, that's a good uh, one. The original one or the remake? Oh, that's the thing. I don't like monkeys. The one with Marky Mark. <laughs> <laughs> wait, no, wait, first wait. Hold all, on, hold on. First of yes. all, I don't like monkeys. Right. Second, if they start talking and acting like humans, that makes it even creepier. Why don't you like monkeys? They're catching. <laughs> what the hell, boy? <laughs> what the heck? 
<laughs> they, I don't know. It just it just freaks me out sometimes how human they look. <laughs> I think that's the point. <laughs> that's no. that's the point. That's why it's creepy. So the Planet of the Apes movies have always creeped me out. No, no matter how good they are, I'm still like, mm, I'm no, still. No, but um, I, I agree. I completely agree. So unsettling. <laughs> I think that's why it works. You know, they're the most similar animals to humans at this but point. So it's that's like, uh, that's why the the first one was so effective because it's got these astronauts, right? The first Planet of the Apes film it came out in the sixties, and like um, it has these astronauts that crash land on this planet after you know years in hibernation on their spaceship. They didn't age, and, right? Because they were in cryogen cryo cryostasis. Right, they were like in stasis or something, and they. They find that they're on a planet with um, sentient Overrun apes, by apes. Who, who, who run the place and humans are like, you know, um, wild animals. And the apes, uh-uh. when they find out that these creatures from space can talk, they don't want them to be loose in the general population because um, they don't want the people to know that, oh, my God, there's humans that can actually speak. And it's only at the end where with one of the most famous twist endings in cinema, and it's been 53 or 54 years at this point. I don't think I'm spoiling it for anybody. Um, the, the, the remaining astronaut finds out that he was on Earth the whole time. And that dun, dun, dun. They, he, they'd actually managed to travel into the future somehow. And this is where humanity is headed because they all blew each other to bits as the monkeys took over and whatnot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that movie was just um, with its twist ending. That was uh, the screenplay was written by um, Rod Serling, who created the Twilight Zone. He's the one who came up with that twist ending because the book that the movie was based on did not end that way. I'm curious, how did it end? In the book? It ended with the astronaut escaping. He escaped with a monkey friend, I think, and then monkey friend, la- a monkey friend, you know, as you do. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, let's call me monkey friend Abu? later. He says a co- no. It's not a boo. I'm sorry. Not <laughs> oh. not all monkeys are a boo. Okay, that's just racist. Not all monkey <laughs> friends are a boo. What's, no, I was just thinking it could be a prequel to Aladdin. But never what's mind. the monkey's <laughs> name? Amy. Amy. Good. No. Have you seen Congo, oh the talking God. monkey? Amy. Good. That movie Amy, is so Congo. bad, but I cannot stop watching it. You know why? It's great. Because I love Congo. That. Congo has Tim Curry and Bruce Campbell in it. Those uh-huh. are reasons to watch that movie. Uh huh. Bruce Campbell <laughs> dies so quickly there. Yeah, but then you have Tim Curry, just Tim Currying it up. So how yep. can you not? I think his name was like uh, some crazy Russian Eastern, thing. No, it wasn't a Russian. It was a, a, an Eastern European name. I think it was from Transylvania or something. I don't know Ro- or Romania. So you just wanted to do the accent, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but his name was so funny in that movie, though. And Tim Curry is gold in anything, really. Yeah, even in Charlie's okay. Angels. <laughs> oh Back. yes, he was in a sumo suit. Oh my suit. god, yes, he was anyway. in that. He was, and he was Nigel that. Thornberry. Yes, Back he to was. Abu. <laughs> Back to Abu. So, okay, so he blasts off into space. <laughs> he he hijacks like the monkeys are planning their first space flight. He steals a spaceship and plots a course for Earth. But when he lands the spaceship on Earth, he finds that. He is in a society of apes. So yeah, the, the book ending was not much better. <laughs> I, I think the movie the movie did it better by shocking you, especially since it came out in the 60s when everyone was afraid of being blown up by nuclear weapons. Cold so it, it really, really, it struck people to the point that they made like, what, three, four sequels? 
And then Tim Burton tried to remake the first movie in 2001, and that was really bad. Yeah. With Marky Mark, with Mark Wahlberg, and, and that was wife. really bad. His wife was in it. She was the monkey friend. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, she was. Ex-wife, ex-wife. That's right. Bellatrix Strange was the monkey friend. Yes, ex-wife. Sorry, Elena ex-wife. Bonham Carter. I love As her, herself. Though. Wait, I love her no, wait. Well, yeah, in she, every movie. Well, she, plays, she plays herself in every movie. Even when she's a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Always, Paul Giamatti so was quirky. a monkey. Paul Giamatti but, was like some kind of monkey in that movie. I don't think he needed much makeup. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so that remake was kind of crap, which is really why I like the recent trilogy, the the rise of the Planet of the Apes that shows how mm. they became smart in the first place. And you know what? It was Draco Malfoy's fault. Yeah. Was it? What? I have to watch it that It was. Again. He was like the security guard in the lab was abusing the monkeys. Not what you're thinking, Anjo. He oh, was yeah, abusing he was. them he physically. Was. Okay, no. it still sounded Nobody wrong. Nobody was thinking I- that. <laughs> Nobody was thinking that, Misha. Just He's Draco you. Malfoy. Would you trust him with your monkeys? No. That... Because he's Draco Malfoy. (laughs) Exactly. With his amazing receding hairline and terrible American accent. But yes. Well, Misha has a thing for like calling out ugly people on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Or calling people ugly. Okay. I did not call Paul Giamatti (laughs) ugly. Okay. For all you know, he could have been a handsome gibbon. (laughs) (laughs) You assumed I was saying he was ugly. Okay, fine. Sure. But yeah, the the last three Planet of the Apes films that showed how humanity eventually descended into wildness, into Mm -hmm. wildity, into wild dumb. uh, Hell, I don't know. (laughs) Into savagery. I don't know. I like that. Into savagery. Right. Savagery Savagery is good. And how how the apes became increasingly intelligent. Um, they were done very, very well. They weren't cheesy. They weren't cheap. They weren't exploitative. They were really... I, I'm with MJ on this one. They were really freaking scary. It was so he, unsettling, yep. really. Because it's like, oh, it's it's so possible. Because they look so and real. Shit. It all starts with Caesar. Caesar is free. We are one Draco Malfoy away from Planet of the Apes. And I don't want to live there. Yeah, but oh, in this case, no. it's bats, right? Oh, oh man! Why you gotta God do that? Sorry, <laughs> I just had to. It was right there. It was right there. So intelligence oh. bats are scarier because they can fly. That's fucked. Even up. stupid bats can fly, Anjo. Imagine intelligent, <laughs> blood-sucking bats who can fly. That's fucking scary. It's kind of cool though, in a way. <laughs> what? I mean, no. Essentially vampires. <laughs> essentially vampires, but they don't yeah, sparkle. Twilight yeah, vampires are not vampires. Not. I'm sorry, Pasha. I'm sorry, Pasha, but no. Fuck Twilight. I mean, like, um, <laughs> and we're back to Twilight. They ruined what Bram Stoker wrote. They ruined what Bram Stoker wrote. They ruined what Anne Rice wrote. And they Don't ruined werewolves. werewolves. They ruined we're werewolves. I would, I would gladly take Kate Beckinsale, you know, Celine from, from Underworld. From the, from underworld and mm-hmm. put her in the pli- in the in the twilight universe and have the, have her kill all the vampires there. Like, How about Blade? I would pay to see Blade yes, in the Twilight Blade. universe. Blade. Ooh, that would be <clears> fun. <throat> right? Or just send like, Buffy in there. I would love to I see would watch Buffy that too. kick the shit out of all those vampires. Ooh, Buffy. Buffy's awesome. 
and, and, and Faith. Faith and Buffy. Yes. Eliza Dushku. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, what happened to her? Eliza Dushku? Um, oh, wow. She's actually, she stopped acting for a while because she was on this TV show where she was being um, sexually harassed. Is it Dollhouse? Oh, no, it can't be Dollhouse. No, it's not Dollhouse. That was like one season with Joss Whedon who's got his own Me Too problems right now. But this mm. one is... Um, really? All- oh huh? my God. What's his Me Too problem? Um, His ex-wife or his wife wrote this long essay about how he was uh, emotionally abusive. abusive. Ooh. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, no. That's oh. why it's like the biggest irony that this guy who supposedly writes strong, empowered female characters, right, is actually very belittling and whatnot. That's More reductive depressing. in his estimation of them. So think about it. What's the last thing you saw that he did since Justice League? Man, I'm a fan of Firefly. I love Firefly. I love Buffy. I love the first Avengers movie, but you know what? It is what it is. Oh, that's so I, I would even I would even say I like I mean like man that, that's just but, that's, just ter- uh, that's, wait, that's terrible news. Eliza <laughs> Dushku apparently she was being emotionally, verbally, uh, sexually harassed on oh, the show. What what was her show? Was it Bull? I think it was Bull or whatever it was. Oh, uh, that's Bull. And the, apparently the head of the network sided with the star who was doing it, so she couldn't uh, do anything, so she left and she this? wrote. Um, she wrote an opinion piece, a couple of opinion pieces about it, exposing the whole thing. Yeah, wow, shit. people suck. That sucks, yeah, man. That's... People suck. Damn, that sucks. That's bullshit. Yeah, people deserve to be post-apocalyptic. Th- th- those people scenarios. deserve to be in the purge. You know, they do. Yeah. They really do. Curse the world so. of these people. Yeah. What? So, what other post-apocalyptic movies did you enjoy watching? It's weird, no? I mean, it's enjoyable because you're seeing it happen to other people. But now that we're closer to those futures... <laughs> it's scary. It's, it's not so entertaining it's, anymore. It's like, I oh, know. It's a, I'm watching a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. So another, good, another good um, post-apocalyptic movie was Snowpiercer. Oh, yes. Oh, damn, I was about to bring that, that up, brilliant. too. Brilliant. That was amazing. I, one thing I love about post-apocalyptic films or like some films in general, if there's especially complicated and if they make you question your views on things. Because when I watched Snowpiercer after the ending, I was pretty upset. I actually felt like I didn't like it. Well, it was brilliantly made, but then I didn't like the message because it was so extreme. But you realize that this is just what the filmmaker wanted to say, that we really need a hard reset on everything. Like, fuck everyone. We're all going to mm-hmm. die anyway. So we're all hopeless. It's, it's like, I found that way too extreme because so many innocent people die in the process. But mm-hmm. that's just how the filmmaker views it. And once you have that understanding of like where this person's coming from <laughs> and how shitty the world is becoming and you're slowly agreeing that like, yeah, fuck yeah, we need, we need, like the world is so terrible that we really do need a hard reset. Like some people are even saying that the next step into the world actually changing into a better place is a civil war of some sort. This is just like fictionized, but it's like a really good representation of like how classes are so divided these days and how the rich people are (laughs) getting away with so much shit, how the the poor people are, yeah, the Mm -hmm. privilege and how the poor are just basically getting shit and scraps from the rich people. So it's like, oh my God, it was, it was very extreme. It was hard to swallow, but I found it really good. 
Like I mean, Bong Bong Joon Ho. I mean, Bong Joon Ho, the guy oh, who yes. the guy who just won an an Oscar for for uh, Parasite director. Right. Yes. Yes. What, he deserved what, it. What some people failed to realize is that uh, Snowpiercer was produced by a Korean and Czech. I think uh, to the Korean in a Czech outfit, like a co-production. Right. So a lot of people have a misconception that it's a Hollywood-made movie, but because mm-hmm. it had like it had, it had Chris Evans as the lead actor. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't and know Tilda Swinton. Had, Fun fact, though, Harvey Weinstein was a producer in it, and I don't know if you read <laughs> this article, but one thing I loved about this little tidbit is just like how Bong. Bong Joon Ho was such an ass to Harvey Weinstein, and I love it. I I'm think living Weinstein for had it. it coming. Good <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, yes, man, I stand you for this because he want. Um, they clashed over a lot of things, especially the editing. So Harvey Weinstein and Bong Joon Ho. Um, he basically wanted to edit so much of Bong Joon Ho's original vision that they clashed a lot. And there was this one part with um. With someone on the train gutting a fish, and um, and Harvey Weinstein hated that scene and wanted it to be cut out. But right. Bong Joon Ho gave him like crocodile tears, saying that, "Oh, I really want this in my film because my father was a fisherman, and this means a lot to me." <laughs> and job. later on, he reveals like, "I lied. My father's not a fisherman. I just wanted to like have that scene in the fucking movie." Damn right. And Harvey believed that he was like oh yeah yeah sure okay we'll put that in family's important yada 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 it's like fuck you that's awesome that's awesome I lied no but I like how how Bong Juk Ho is, is one of those guys who will fight for his vision talaga yeah other, other than that uh, if he didn't do that he, he wouldn't you wouldn't get these effective stories or these effective movies which, yeah. is, which turned out to be so amazing so great I, I'm sure. I'm sure it wouldn't be as thought provoking. Like, of course, Harvey Weinstein, being from Hollywood, would probably have wanted it to be spoon fed to the people. But of course, I'm sure Bong Joon Ho wanted that effect, where like you see the credits rolling and you have so many thoughts in your head, like mm-hmm. you're trying to process all of these feelings. I'm sure that's what he wanted, and of course, he got Harvey it. Weinstein would 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 have wanted to water it down. But I'm glad he got Harvey his way Weinstein. Eventually. It's it's funny, like you mentioned Harvey Weinstein, because I remembered like another one of those stories. This time it was um, Miyazaki mm. when they, because like the Weinstein Company distributed some of the early um, Studio Ghibli, Ghibli Studio movies. Ghibli releases in the states, right? And when they sent in Minanoke Hime, Prin- Princess Mononoke, um, for Weinstein to Man, approve or whatever, um, and. Miyazaki swears that it wasn't him. It was one of his producers. Along with the copy of the film, they sent um, a freaking samurai sword along with a note that said, no cuts. <laughs> I love that's, it. That's even better. I that's like so that. That's so badass. That's, that's so even badass. Better. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Fuck you, Weinstein. Fuck you. I'm glad you got coronavirus. Did he? <laughs> it couldn't have been so, a nicer guy. I think so. In, in in jail, I remember reading about it. He got it in jail. So it's like, ha-ha. It's like, <laughs> I'm not saying he deserved it. But God's no, timing is to. always right. <laughs> <laughs> Get him, Miss Rona. Get him. Anyway, back to Snowpiercer. <laughs> but yeah, Snowpiercer was amazing. I just, yeah, you I know, really the, hated it at have first because it was too extreme. Show? Uh, yeah, I heard it was bad. I, I haven't bad. tried watching the TV show just because of the movie things. was so amazing. 
exactly. it's not Jennifer it's like, Connelly. Yeah, it's like, you it, don't want to ruin your image of this beautiful movie. Yeah. It's Wait, like, this sounds yeah, you're familiar. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds familiar to me because I, I actually have a confession to you guys. Like, because after that whole love fest of the Lord of the Rings and stuff, I have actually considered watching it again because um, I honestly have not seen those movies since they came out in the theaters. Oh, get out of here. Misa. Get out of here. Get no, out of here. Don't judge me. No. <laughs> I mean, I, I you have been judged. I, what, 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 what? No, you can't judge me. I was honest. Honestly, okay, you should be rewarded. Fine, fine. But, 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 but it, I swear, I swear on my dog's life, that is a big deal. That is a big deal. <laughs> that if you watch the extended cuts or just even just rewatch the normal theatrical cuts, you will just see so many new details. And no matter how old that movie is, it's still so it's, good. It's still so good. Oh, it's still, we can okay. we can save this for another episode. We will. I I'm think sorry. Yeah. I, 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 I have so much there. to I say. So I have so much we, to say. I know. Spent, I know you're judging me now, but yeah, I'm sorry. We spent so much of the trilogy episode talking about Lord of the Rings, and that wasn't even enough. So we're gonna, probably just gonna move no, but, this conversation to another episode. But that but. just proves how good it was because you've only seen each one once, and you still yeah. remember so many things about it. Yeah. Okay, back to Snowpiercer. Back to Snowpiercer. But Jennifer Connelly's in the TV show. Uh, Well, I heard it was bad, so I didn't give it a chance. I don't know. It's just if you've seen the original, it's I don't know. It's just gonna be hard. It's you know, it's another topic altogether about remakes and you know, or uh, I don't know, reboots. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we can do it. We can do an episode on that. Um, But uh, I don't know. It's, It's I guess I guess Hollywood was just. Hopping on the Bong Joon Ho train. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you. You should just just do screenings of the original. Yeah. I mean, it was. Hollywood's uh, not everything, though, but there's a lot of good movies outside of Hollywood. That is true. Uh, Except you imagine if it. I'm having trouble trying to think of a post apocalyptic movie that wasn't made in Hollywood or in Australia. 28 Days. 28 Days. Oh, yeah. Mad Max. yeah, but again, the, they, they they speak English. You know, let's lump them together. You know, they lump all of us Asians together. Let's lump all them English-speaking countries <laughs> yeah. together. Train to Busan. Yeah, train, train one. Train oh, to was Busan good. was that amazing. Was so good. Yes, it was. Actually, Koreans are really good at besides, of course, the K dramas, which like really pull at people's heartstrings. They're so good at these zombie zombie um apocalypse worlds. They have Train to Busan. Kingdom, Kingdom. was amazing. Kingdom. It's a series, oh, but it was good. the only thing uh, I hate about Kingdom is that it's just six episodes a season. That's the only thing I hate about Kingdom. I feel you. Ugh. Now we have to wait another it was, year. It was the first thing I watched when we went on lockdown, and it was so cathartic. I swear, mm-hmm. that was Kingdom. cathartic. Yes, because <laughs> I was so frustrated at government people, like how they're handling it and everything. So it's like, ah! <laughs> you had that coming. <laughs> no, no. And then post-apocalyptic movies are basically what would portray what people would be like, you know, or the extremes of what people would be like in, case, in extreme cases. Like, I don't know. Like, remember that one guy who is now a meme? Remember that, that one guy in Train to Busan who didn't want to let any of the people inside the train? 
He was oh, like, yeah, yeah, so it's now, it, yeah, he's now a meme. So somebody, I think I remember seeing somebody post that, remember this guy we all hated in this movie. Now do you understand why this character exists? Or what? in every <laughs> post-apocalyptic movie or any zombie movie or disaster movie, there's, a character like that exists. There's always this one asshole who fucks it up for everyone. Now, it turns out that we could be that asshole. Because I, I found know. myself... I found myself saying a lot of things. So why don't we just blah, 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 blah. It's just basic human, re- a human reaction out of fear or paranoia. But yeah, on- I mean, these extreme situations really bring out the best and worst in people. So mm-hmm. I guess that's what we love about post-apocalyptic movies. But you do see all these sides. Of course, there are these people or, you know, obstacles that get in the way. But like, at the end, there's always hope, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There is. You, there has you, to be. Do you know but, what? Sorry. I have one other post apocalyptic movie, which is a Hollywood movie, by the way, that was pretty mediocre the whole time, except for when they revealed the end. Um, go for it. It was uh, Book of Eli. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Denzel. everything. Denzel. What a beautiful chocolate man. <laughs> White chicks. White chicks. Hey, that's true. Dude, so anyway. my, dude, my mom. Side side note, my mom has a huge crush on Denzel Washington. Oh my god. But she I does. Like she really does. Like gonna she the Bible. And and my and my aunt says he has this house in Delaware. And we were in my Tita's house in Delaware. Okay. And my Tita said, like, oh, he lives around the area. And my mom was like, she really wanted to go around the neighborhood <laughs> to look for which house it was. It's like, Mom, <laughs> Delaware is huge. But she's like, no, I want to see Denzel. Okay, never mind. And then, Moving on. <laughs> yeah. But Book of Eli... You should show your mom he, this movie where he's what? literally the only dude on earth who can read the Bible. No, wait, wait, Oh, wait. oh yeah. That's, yeah, that's totally the twist. That's, that, that was the twist. Like, that was the best thing oh, about I'm it. Sorry. Like, everything, I'm sorry. The, whole, the whole thing, the whole movie was just meh. It's like, oh, okay, yes, cool. This was. guy can kick ass. This guy right. can kick ass. But there was he's no point to it. He's protecting this book. Like, you mm-hmm. don't know what that book is. Mm-hmm. Right until he goes into this town with Gary Oldman, who was like this, who was running it, and he, this guy was like an asshole. I have you do things my way, or you, or you get, or, or I kill you. And then he, and then he just wants the book. And then he realizes, and you realize the, the audience realizes, or is the audiences are revealed to. Wait, sorry, I'm gonna rephrase <laughs> that whole thing. And then the film reveals to the audiences, to the audience watching the movie. That Denzel is actually blind and he memorized the entire Bible. I think that was the biggest twist, which turned that mediocre movie into something so amazing. Wait, something he memorized so the Bible or the book he was protecting was Braille? No, I think he, <laughs> he, 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 he gave the book. I legitimately do not remember. In order for him to get to Alcatraz, which was where I think all the priests were who kept records... He needed to give Gary Oldman the book. I think he had to do that. I have to watch it again. I think he <laughs> no did that to save himself. No good Gary Oldman the book, ladies and gentlemen. I think he had to do that to save himself and the girl he was protecting or just save himself to get to Alcatraz. He had to give up the book to Gary Oldman. So right. when he gets the book, he couldn't understand it because it was in Braille. But That's he memorized it. the entire Bible. See, so, so he did. So he, he was the only one who could read the Bible. Yeah, I'm not crazy. Essentially, essentially. Oh wow, this this is a movie I really have to introduce to my mom. Denzel Washington plus Bible is post-apocalyptic future where he has to protect someone and kicks a lot of sold. ass to protect the Bible. Um, I don't think. 
think she'll be so fond of that kicking ass part because she doesn't like violence. But I think the Denzel and Bible would be enough. Hi, mom. <laughs> Doubt she listens to this because I swear too much and she hates it. <laughs> okay. So we're, here's where everything comes together, right? Because I I am one of like, I don't know, eight people left on the planet who still collect home video, right? So I have the special edition of Book of Eli and it comes in like this package that is like what three package? inches thick. <laughs> three inches. Oh God. Oh, oh. I'm gonna stop right there. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> three inch package. Yes, that's all that's processing in my brain right now. Okay. Three inch it, package. It comes in a book shaped package. It's like three inches thick, right? So I'm like, why is this thing so heavy? And when you open this book, right, half of the package is the DVD itself, the the with a regular DVD case on one side of it, and on the other side, um, they it's a smaller package. To, no, <laughs> <laughs> they actually managed. it's a package that's wrapped for safety. It's a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> We're terrible people. Plot twist. My, God. My DVD came with a Bible. Plot I, twist. I honestly don't know if this special edition came out anywhere else other than the Philippines, but was I think it it's Braille? funny. Was it no, Braille? it's a real Bible. Oh, they they well, they really ooh. stuck a Bible in my in my movie box. Would have been cool if it were in Braille, though. But the fight scenes in that movie were good, though. They were good, but again, because you don't know what's going on for 90% of the movie, it just feels kind of pointless. It's a lot of cool stuff, but you don't know why it's happening. That's why That's why I said the, like, mediocre, the movie was so mediocre, but until that ending, that, the, that ending actually makes a case for the movie being good. Just because I of thought, that ending. Really? I thought the ending it, made a case for it to being meh. Because, like, know. that's I, it? That's That's kind of preachy. I feel like uh, at it, some it, point it in the middle, at some point in the middle, it still has to like give you some sort of clarity to keep right. you watching. Because some people, people could just like, if this is on Netflix, they could pause it or watch something else. If this was right, a DVD, right. they could just like stop it or walk out of the movie theater. I so I the, feel like uh, it really should have this element I, that really pulls you in. It, it doesn't have to wait till the ending. Yeah, that's what, that's what the did. movie lacked. That's, because that's like, what the movie lacked. Because yeah. I remember watching this movie out on a date with someone. And I, I Not realized, your wife? No, that was... This movie was old, okay? So, <laughs> so, I, re, so I, I remember thinking... I remember, I remember falling asleep while watching the movie. And then waking up before the ending. I was like, oh shit, sayang pera ko. I paid for two people pa. <laughs> it wasn't now. It wasn't during present times. Because you know, a movie ticket's like 500 bucks. Like Back then, it was like 250 on a student budget, the, <laughs> the, and then the, the ending happened. Is, I was like, oh, not bad. I, if I remember right, because like the for the bulk of the movie, they make a big deal out of the book. You don't know what it is. They yeah. they just keep hyping it up that this is gonna bring humanity back to bring civilization back to humanity. Yeah, so, I, I see your point. So that you, it you don't a know if it's a science movie. book or a book about I don't know law Banana. or something. But <laughs> books about but, bananas. Bananas bring people together. Sorry. Enjoys a minion, Mai. I, I think you should know this now. I, I, I think I've um kind of like suspected that before we started recording <laughs> when he did that song flawlessly. Yes, he did. Yeah. For anyone out there who's listening right now, if you're still with us, um, Anjo <laughs> was singing the banana song of the minions very well before we started recording. 
Yeah, and I'm not going to sing it now. People have to have to pay me to do that. All night. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I would actually join you if our internet wasn't so shitty and it would probably not sync. But anyway. hey, we were doing it well a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, yeah. where were we? <laughs> book, book of Eli. I mean, like just the ending that they reveal that the book that's going to save the world is literally the Bible. It just felt kind of preachy. No, it it was preachy. It felt it like those things on the Bible Channel, and you know, you <laughs> paid to see Denzel kick butt. You didn't pay to see, you know, a homily. I mean, like <laughs> not 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 trying not to sound preachy or anything, but. I think trying to analyze it, parang it didn't have to be the Bible, but it probably shows how religion could be something that could be that can be used to somehow bring people together or somehow structure huh. a society. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's, that's why. That's I think that's why. Valid. I think that's why. I, I think that's why. The, the, I think it may have. It may be the reason they they chose that. I mean, it, it may be the reason why this movie was made is to send out that message. Pero kasi, like, America, America is predominantly Christian. So I guess they chose Bible because, you know, Hollywood. Right? I don't know. I mean, uh, again, I just thought that, you know, I mean... It didn't have to be the Bible, but I don't know. You probably chose no, the Bible. No, fine. The Bible's fine. It's just the way they did it and the way they presented it, it just felt like a Saturday morning cartoon with a moral at the end. Superbook! You know? <laughs> it was a hard sell. That's what I'm going for. And it just didn't work there. for me. Uh, I see your yeah. point. It kind of like I see your it point. It just felt it felt cheap the way they did it. They set it up and I all think that. it was a cop out. It was little bit, little bit. It was bit, a cop, out. Was a cop Honestly, out. Honestly, it was a cop out. But then just it just I mean, made it's it fun to watch because like you got um what's her name um you well, you got Denzel, you got Gary Oldman who's fun in anything, mm-hmm. and I um, love him in The Professional. Brilliant oh, yeah. actor. He Not even anything. Actually. He's basically yeah. a bad guy. Whenever his name is not Sirius Black or Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> True, but he's a good actor, though. <laughs> I love him. He's filed but... under the. I want him to be like a cool uncle or cool Tito. Oh, <laughs> he'll be like, "Who? What? Anjo? Why do you keep looking at that black wolf outside the window? Um, that's just my uncle. You know, it's, you know. That's my that's my godfather. Harry." <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, guys, I just want you to know this. Me and my way too many DVDs and Blu-rays, including the one with the Bible in the box. <laughs> yeah. They will all be happily waiting at my house when the inevitable apocalypse happens and there's no more streaming entertainment. And then it'll suddenly make sense to you why I bought all these stupid things. Or besides the fact that you're ancient. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> 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 no movies for you when the inevitable <laughs> apocalypse happens. Can I still Whatever. rent out? Can I still rent you out your DVDs? You love me too much. Yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there, our favorite post-apocalyptic movies. Hoping that you know that that we never get to see an actual post-apocalyptic scenario in the real world. I don't know. My, I think we can try avoiding an actual work. apocalypse first. Yeah. yeah, or maybe it's a good idea to rewatch these, or like just watch your favorite post-apocalyptic movies to basically prepare yourself for the inevitable future. Oh, you should watch Zombieland. Those they have good pointers. Oh yeah, 
they literally have pointers in Zombieland. Like literal what? rules. I, I, I actually have a suggestion. What if we all just practice being nice to each other now instead of like waiting for an apocalypse to teach us the hard way? I, yes, I that- do not want. I don't want to fight cannibals for gas. <laughs> I don't want to get fat. <laughs> what the actual well, hell? <laughs> but yeah. Zombieland, dude. Zombieland. That's what it was. I'd rather I'm your priorities. I don't want to get fat and live in space. I'd rather fight zombies. No, I'm just kidding. No, I don't want. I don't want to fight. On zombies. the other hand, if you're running away from zombies, depends. Are they the running kind or the shuffling kind? I don't know because in I zombie. Mean, I don't know. Like if I see, a, I don't know. if it's the running kind, yeah, we we don't be fuck. screwed. But we if they were screwed. just like the meandering, like dragging, yeah. shuffling ones, I know like right? the George got, A. Romero zombies. Dude, one. I got tired just watching World War Z. Oh god, oh, yeah. I think Ooh. that is the most stressful one. Ooh, oh, that so was good. so stressful, especially in Israel. But, the Israel scene, yes, oh and it was goodness. their fault for praising God. Hollywood's yeah. not subtle. Yeah, white people. But anyways, in any case, uh, let us know in the comments how you guys think the world will end and what kind of a post-apocalypse that we can look forward to. Also, I Mm -hmm. guess you could share your favorite post-apocalyptic movies, but let us know if you have any movies you think we haven't seen. Let let us know. Write that down in the comments. Or any good post-apocalyptic films that could, you know, possibly prepare us for the inevitable bleak future. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Until then, well, we are the Saboteurs. I'm Misha. I'm Anjo. And I'm MJ. Hooray! Bye! Be nice, everyone! Going back to what Misha said, be nice! Saboteurs is a movie review podcast by a DJ, a writer, and a filmmaker. Saboteurs is produced, recorded, and distributed by Big Baby Studios. I have a stupid question. Are there like any like rom-com set after the apocalypse? Nah. Oh, Warm, Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies. Warm Bodies. Oh, that's a good one. I love that movie. But it was so it, fun. It, it was cute. surprisingly not bad. I'm not kidding. Surprisingly. It wasn't as bad as they Twilight. They have succeeded where Twilight has failed. That's right. It wasn't as bad as Twilight, but it was still stupid. Ooh. I know. <laughs> you watched Twilight in Tagalog. That was yep. I just remembered a line in English. I said, translation in Tagalog? Because when, when Edward smells... Oh, when Jacob's... Oh, wait, never mind. Parang bali. <laughs> when Edward smells Jacob, I think yeah, you're watching a different movie. Is it sabi niya? Is it sabi parang um, ano? Parang something basang aso or something? <laughs> wait, wait. I will. Pass photos the line. Ayon. Sabi ni Edward, you smell like a wet dog. So obviously in the Tagalog version, amoy um, ano? Amoy basang, amoy basang aso pa. Oh, so, parang ganon. <laughs> I wonder how that would have translated. That would have been funny. <laughs> <laughs>